All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 23 this morning. Luke chapter 23. You just don't know how appreciative I am to be here. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to dwell on anything. I called Brother Chris up last night. I said, Brother, you better pray. He said, I can take care of the whole thing if you don't show up. I said, well, I'm going to show up. Lord willing, the creek don't rise. And uh, thank God the Lord touched me. And I appreciate that. And I believe you will if you pray in faith and uh, if it's his will. And Matthew, and I want to finish this uh, series. You said, usually this series leads up to Easter. Well, we're a little different. We're a little slower. Amen. And uh, we're, it's past Easter, but, you know, I can't, I can't keep up when Easter comes. You know, it's different. And um, so uh, I'm still on the seven sayings. And I appreciate all that I've learned uh, through these sayings, these utterances from the cross. You can tell a lot about a person's character by what he says, and especially what he says in his last moments. And I'll give you some quotes from some fam infamous infidels and some good quotes. But I want to uh, thank all the ladies that's cooked for the family uh, this afternoon, and then uh, some are going to run uh, to the store right after I finish eating and, and get the main dish. We're going to have it catered in. And so I appreciate that so much. appreciate my, my wife. <clears throat> uh, she has really labored hard on this meal. I told her, I said, you need to learn to delegate. She said, no, I'm the pastor's wife. I'm going to do this. And so I said, okay. By the way, God answered prayer. She has an MRI at 7 o'clock Wednesday morning. And, that's, and that is a, a big change because it was going to be three weeks away. And that'd mess up the retreat and everything else for her. And so uh, she's a lot better, so I appreciate you. Uh, uh, and thank you so much. I was really worried, though. She had a black eye. And we're going on a marriage retreat. That wouldn't look too good, would it? <laughs> amen. Those doors just don't move, amen, but praise God. And I didn't mean to push her. But anyway, uh, no, the truth of the matter is, uh, when she fell, I said, did the, did the picture fall off the wall? And she cried out, no, it was me. I said, oh, well, let me get up and help you, amen. Praise God. I'm going to be the next one with a black eye, amen. But anyway, so uh, it's good to be here. That's all I'm going to say. It's good to be here and good to see the Petty family. And I watched every bit of the service Thursday night. And it was such a wonderful job. I'm so proud of Brother Chris. You know, Brother Chris been in and out, up and down. Uh, but now he's, he's uh, on the solid ground of ministering in the bus ministry you got to stay faithful for the little ones if you don't stay faithful to anybody else, amen? And he knows that, and I'm proud of him. I thank God for him. I, I, he's like one of my sons, amen? And he's ate over my house enough to claim that, amen? Praise God. But anyway, uh, so let's go to Luke chapter 23. How many glad to be here? Say amen. amen. All right, good. I'm glad you're here. Amen. Verse 43, Luke chapter 23. I want to back up just a little bit. And uh, let's go back to verse 39 so we can get some of these sayings in. Uh, you know, the first saying was found in um, verse 34 of Luke chapter 23. It says, then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. How many has received the forgiveness of God through salvation? Raise your hand. Aren't you glad that he said that? And I'm going to tell you something, friend. It was answered if you'll just believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ you can be forgiven, and there's nobody else that can forgive you. Not some man in a booth. Say amen right there. Uh, no man can forgive your sins because he's a sinner. But there's one that can forgive your sins, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Then there was a beautiful um, uh, saying to his mother, 
which is a provision of, of a provision, he said, Behold thy mother, John. And John, uh, you know, it's just it's so wonderful that he was thinking about his mother on the cross. Amen. What a what a and that shows you the emphasis on the family. Yes. Folks, if your family's not right with God, nothing's gonna be right. It's all pumped up. That's why I have these uh, couples retreats all the time. I want families to be right with God. Then there was the provision of paradise. He looked at that thief. The thief didn't get baptized, capsized, or simonized. He didn't join the church. He didn't keep the Ten Commandments. He just said, Father, remember me when thou comest in thy kingdom. Or Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest in thy kingdom. That's verse 42, if you're looking at it. And here's the, here's the um, uh, fourth saying. He said, he said, uh, Verily I say unto thee, Today shall thou be with me in paradise. Now Matthew talks about the saying or the utterance of perplexity. When he's on the cross, from 12 to 3, it turned dark in the middle of the day. The rocks rent, and the veil rent from the top to the bottom, showing you don't go through man or priest or religion to get to heaven. It's all through the blood of Jesus. Can somebody say amen? And folks, he said, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? You know why he said that? Because God could not look on sin. Amen. And folks, I want to tell you something. You'll never be forsaken, never be forsaken, if you trust the Lord as your Savior, because he was forsaken. And then there was the I thirst. That was the utterance of parchedness. That proved that he was all man, but all God. And he was dying in your place and the divine substitute. And then I really like verse 1930 where it says, it is finished. <clears throat> it is finished. He took some vinegar. <clears throat> I'm having a little trouble with my voice because I hadn't eaten in a while. I think eating helps a preacher preach. Amen. Especially chicken. Praise God. Whew, man, I tell you, I miss chicken when I can't eat it. But um, uh, he, sa he, said, he said just real clearly, it is finished. He took some vinegar to clear his throat. He didn't take the sedative. He took the vinegar, and he pro proclaimed victory that was won at Calvary. And folks, he wasn't finished, but the work of, of God was finished. Amen? There's nothing else that needs to be done for your salvation. Isn't that wonderful? And this morning, we're going to, do this, we're going to preach the seventh one, and that's the proclamation of parting. Look at verse um, 46, <clears throat> um, and let's stand in awe of the Word of God. The Bible says, and when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, here he is with a loud voice now, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, um, or now, verse 47, now when the centurion saw what was done, oh, hard soldier, he glorified God and saying, certainly this was a righteous man. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for the good attendance this morning. It thrills my heart to see so many people with us this morning. And God, it thrills my heart to be here. And I thank you, dear God, for uh, the health you're going to give our assistant pastor, be with Jason as he recovers. And God, we just thank you for uh, the privilege of preaching your word one more time. And I pray, dear God, that you'd use this message to help us to realize it's very important that we're in your hands and that we commend and commit our life 
to your hands. And then, dear God, when we die, it's going to be into your hands. And so, Lord, thank you for this truth. And I pray, dear God, as we preach unto thy hands, I commend my spirit that you'll speak to our spirit. And we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. As I said, the last sayings of Jesus Christ at Calvary really shows the wonderful character of our Lord. As um, I believe it was a preacher, it awesome preacher in August, uh, Larry Brown, he preached one time on There Ain't Nobody Like Him. And it was a great message. I'll never forget it. But folks, there is nobody like him. Folks, I want to tell you something. There's no other name under heaven whereby you must be saved. And folks, we see that men die the way they live. Amen. Nobody can preach your funeral. We'll not be preaching Alan Petty's funeral this afternoon. He preached his own. By the life he lived, the choices he made, and so will you, and so will you. And I don't think it's a morbid subject called death. I think you'll see today that the Lord changed death into a wonderful passageway to eternity, and if you're saved, it's going to be with Jesus forever. Amen? But there's a lot of people on their deathbeds made some terrible statements. Thomas Hobbes, the atheist, said on his deathbed that he was about to take a leap into the darkest of dark. Thomas Paine, another adamant unbeliever, said the time is death. If ever the devil had an agent, I have been one. Voltaire said this, one of the most famous atheists uh, or infamous atheist on his death, deathbed, I have abandoned my God and man. And now literally he was being abandoned by God by his own choice. But on the other hand, uh, Adoram Jet Judson, a man of God, said on his deathbed, I go with gladness of a boy bounding away from school. I feel so strong in Christ. That was his last words. David Brainerd, he died at 34, literally burned his life out, praying in the snow. He didn't melt the snow at his feet while he prayed for the Indians of America. He said this, I'm going into eternity, and it's sweet for me. I'm thinking of eternity. Jesus died praying to God. Jesus died believing in God. Jesus got, died honoring God. That's the way I want to die. But I want to tell you something, folks. It really doesn't matter how you die, it's how you live before you die. And then it matters five minutes after you die where you're going to be. Say amen. And that's eternity. But I want you to see this prayer, this last utterance from the cross in verse 46 is a prayer of invincibility. Folks, he is almighty God. There is nobody as powerful as God. And if you think for a second that death had victory over him, You've got it wrong, my friend. He had victory over death. And by his death and by his resurrection and by his ascension and by him ever living on the right hand of God, he has overcome death, hell, and the grave just for you, amen? And if you go to hell, it'll be your fault. It won't be God's because he paid it all, amen? Thank God. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man come to the Father but by what? Me. I don't mean to be narrow-minded. Somebody told me I was so narrow-minded that a mosquito could light, light on my nose and kick both eyeballs out at the same time. But I don't mean to be narrow-minded. I just want to be biblical-minded. Amen. I'm going to go by the Bible. I don't want to be obnoxious. 
I don't want to be offensive, but I'm going to tell you something, friend. I'm going to stand by this book and preach this book as long as God gives me breath because this is the only word that will save your life. The first, the fourth, and the seventh utterance was a prayer. This is a prayer. And I want to tell you something, friend. It's good when a man's thoughts and words are Godward when he's taking his last breath because probably he lived a lot of his breath for the Lord. Amen? I read of a man who became famous through the restaurant business. And he established eating places uh, for 3,000 miles from New York to California to Canada to the Gulf of Mexico. And when at last it came time for him to die, his family gathered around his bed to hear his last words. Now, please don't laugh when I tell you what his last words were. His last words were. But he whispered, slice the ham thin. I told you not to laugh. Okay. <laughs> Slice the ham thin. And you know, it's, it is kind of humorous, but it's sad because his life was in the restaurant business. His life was to make money. And folks, what does it profit a man if he gained the whole world and loses his soul? You can't buy one second in heaven and you can't buy your way out of hell, even though some people think you can pray your relatives out. Folks, he began his prayer, Father, Father, look at it. And when Jesus cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend thy spirit. Folks, I want to tell you what will save you at death and save you in life if you have a relationship with the Father, God, through Jesus Christ. It's not a dead religion. Religion will make you miserable. Say amen right there. Have you ever met a religious person against everything? And I want to tell you something, friend, I'm for everything that God's for. And then thus I'm against what he's against. But I want to say this with all my heart is that he was praying to the Father. And that's not a, that's not a, a surprise because when he was only about 12 years old, they left him in the temple. You got to understand they had big caravans in those days, so it's not like they were, they were abandoning Jesus. But they left him back at the temple and he was, he was um, t teaching those scribes things of God that blew their mind, pardon the expression. And, he, and when they came back to him, they, they probably got on to him and he said, wish not that I must be about my father's business. Folks, let me tell you this, there's no great business like God's business. And I know we got to work and I think Christians ought to be the best workers on the job you're not, you're a bad testimony. Say amen. But I'll say this, friend. He knew that his business was the Father's business. His life was the Father's life. He said these precious words in his last prayer. Father! Father! Can you call him Father? You better. Because the Bible says in John 14, it says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If you're not so, I told you, and I go prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you in myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And Thomas looked at him and said, Lord, we know not where thou goest. How can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man come to the Father but by me. Thank God, friend. He's the, he's the way. 
But folks, there's a Father in heaven preparing your place. The cry in death, Jesus cries with a loud voice. I'll get into that in just a minute, but <clears throat> he had completed the perfect work, the perfect sacrifice, and that sacrifice is sufficient and final. And that's why you insult God if you want to add to salvation your little works and your little goodness, and you think you can get good enough to be saved and stay saved. God help us. Most cults, that's what they have, is work mentality. I've got to do this, got to do this, got to do that. And I see it's a, it, it was a great cry of relationship. But it was a wonderful cry of commitment. Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Christ would give his life when he decided to, and not a minute before. And so I want to say, first of all, friend, <clears throat> that this is a word of conquest. <clears throat> a word of conquest. In verse 46, it says, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Now, folks, there was a control of death at that moment. Christ had announced earlier <coughs> in his ministry that he would give up his life on his own accord. I want you to turn to John chapter 10, and I want you to look at verse 17 and 18, please. John chapter 10, verse 17 and 18. Anybody getting anything out of this? Say amen. amen. I hope you are. And I need you to pray for me while I preach, please. John chapter 10, verse 17 through 18. I love these verses. I love this chapter. I love every chapter. This is a good chapter. Look at verse 17. It says this. Therefore does my Father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. Resurrection, amen. Look at this. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Amen. I want to tell you something, friend. It's a word of conquest. It's a word of victory. And the Bible tells me in verse 46 of Luke chapter 23, our text, that he said it with a loud voice. A loud voice. No man took his life. He laid it down for you. He willingly gave it. Now, sure, the Bible says in Matthew 26, verse 45, he was betrayed into the hands of sinners. Sure, it says he was delivered into the hands of sinful men, Luke chapter 24, verse 7. The Bible says he was slain by wicked hands, Acts chapter 2, verse 23. But I want to tell you something, it was voluntary on his part. He volunteered. All you Tennessee fans say amen right there. He volunteered to die for you. Say amen. Thank God. He gave his life. No one took his life. No one. He didn't, he wasn't a victim. He was a victor. So when he said, Father, into the, thy hands I commend my spirit, he was, he was, he was, it was a voice of victory. It was victory. It was a victorious death. I want to show you a couple of verses. First John 3 8. First John 3 8. The Bible says in 1 John, not John, 1 John, right before Revelation 3.8, the Bible says, He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Destroy the works of the devil. Then also 
the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 2, in verse 14, I read that last week, but I'm going to read it again. You probably forgot in a week. But Hebrews chapter 2, in verse, uh, look at verse um, 14. Hebrews 2, 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of the flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. That is the devil. See, the wage of sin is death. And somebody had to die. And Jesus took your place willingly. He claimed for himself what he was and who he was. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. That would dare not lay its cold, clammy fingers on our holy Son of God until he himself said, hey, you can do it now. He commanded death. Look at our text. I'll try to hurry up and close. You know, so y'all believe it when I hear it, when I see it. But look at this. Verse 46, it says, the Holy Spirit adds something very significant to this verse. I don't want you to miss it. It says, and when Jesus cried with a loud voice, that's power, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. That's voluntarily. But then he said, thus. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. He gave up the ghost. Did you see that those two words, gave up the ghost? That is, Breathing out his life voluntarily. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, the Bible says he breathed in the man the breath of life. It's the same word. And folks, I want to tell you something. The Holy Ghost, when he gave up the Holy Ghost, he breathed out life. And he allowed, and he allowed the death to become the last enemy conquered. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 26. I'll preach that tonight, Lord willing. The last Adam, Jesus Christ, is the only one to do it. He's the only one that could do it. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. If ever the cross, the death for believers has been because of the cross, death has been changed to a passageway, a doorway. Let me give you a few descriptions of death, and I believe this will comfort the family. When a believer dies, the Bible says, my departure is at hand. It's a departure. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 through 8. My departure's at hand. And folks, that, that's a picture of a ship uh, leaving the shore. You know, it's always sad when somebody leaves, but I want to tell you what's so exciting. On the other shore, there's somebody that's exciting because the ship's coming to them. And folks, when our loved ones depart, they depart for another shore. They reach out and touch a hand and find it's the Lord's. They breathe new air and find it celestial. And folks, they're home. That's, where, that's what heaven should be to us, our home, amen? And folks, what a blessing it is for a believer to die in the Lord, not in the 11 o'clock service, in the Lord, amen? Thank God. Folks, are you saved? That makes the world a difference where you're gonna spend eternity and how you're gonna live on this earth. Folks, listen, to be with Christ, the Bible says it's a departure to be with Christ, Philippians 1.23, which is far better. Heaven's far better. You know, I miss a lot of loved ones, and I've been here for 43 years pastoring, and I tell you what, we've got more members up in heaven than we do down here. That's amazing that I'm that old, number one. Amen, my wife's young, but I'm that old. I've been around a while. 
And I've seen a lot of people go home. And I want to tell you something. If I went to them and I said, hey, would you come back? They'd say, not a chance. This is a far better place. No more discouragement. No more depression. No more devil. No more sin. No more Satan. No more and much more and forevermore. Revelation 21, 4. The Bible says in Philippians 1, 21, it's a, it's a game. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 8, because Jesus commanded death to escort him into the presence of the Father, death did not take him and neither those men. He commanded death, a voice of conquest. Death is different to the believer. It's a place of being present with the Lord. 2 Corinthians 5, 8, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. No soul sleep, no purgatory. That's false doctrine. Folks, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But the Bible says in Luke 16, and the rich man lifted up his eyes and we're torment. Hell. I love this uh, description. I've already quoted the verse, so I won't quote them again, but the Bible says in John 14, 1 through 6, it's being received unto myself. How many like to knock on a door and be received? Amen. Sometimes I knock on doors and I think they're in there, but they won't come to the door. <laughs> Amen. One time I knocked on a door and I heard somebody saying, get the junk out of the floor. It's the preacher. And they shoved it all in the hallway. I remember what it was, you know, and I walked in, I said, could I use your restroom? No, I didn't really. But, uh, you know, they're all shocked that the, the preacher showed up. Amen. We ought to be shocked when the Lord shows up, amen? But I want to tell you something, folks, being received. Being received. You know why we're received? Because Jesus received your death, hell, and the grave. And Jesus overcame death when he said, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And he gave up the ghost. He didn't, he didn't lose the ghost. He gave it up. Holy Ghost, amen, escorted him into heaven. And then my favorite description of death is found in Psalms 23, verse 4. And all because of what Jesus said and what he did at the cross of Calvary. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Did you hear that? Thou art with me. Folks, I want to tell you what's precious when the Lord's with you. When, he, when you're in his hands, when you're, his hand is more important than some hand, somebody else's hand. And that his hand is... Uh, representing his strength, and you're in the right hand of God. Amen? And he's got the whole world in the hollow of his hand. Amen? So I think he can take care of your problems. Can't Amen? I think he can take care of you when you're in the valley. He's the God of the valley. Amen? And I'll tell you something, he's even the God of the valley of the shadow of death. And the reason there's a shadow of death is because there's a tunnel way called death, a passageway, and at the end of that tunnel is the light. And the light is the Lord Jesus Christ because he took the darkness and hell of Calvary so he could have, be the light of life for you. And thank God a shadow can't hurt you. Now, some of you are scared of your shadow, but not many people are. Amen. I mean, your own shadow. Amen. I'm scared of somebody else's shadow. But I'll say this, friend. Thank God, folks, heaven or death is described as a passageway. And the passageway is the valley of the shadow of death. Not the valley of death, the valley of the shadow of death. Shadows can't hurt you. So folks, we ought to have a new perspective of death this morning. 
First Peter chapter 1, 14 and 15. I ain't got time to go over this. Y'all write it down. First, Second Peter, excuse me, 1, 14. He compares death as putting off an old tabernacle of the flesh and receiving a glorified body. And I'll be teaching on that glorified body. I can prove to you we're going to eat in heaven. Thank God I've got eating on my mind. <laughs> I can prove to you. I can prove to you we, we, we can go through walls in a single bound, amen? We're not superman. We're just, we have a super savior, amen? We have a super body. That's all described in 1 Corinthians 15. We'll talk about that glorified body tonight. But I want to tell you something, friend. Death is like putting it off. No more sickness. No more struggles with COPD. Chris. No more struggles. No more loneliness. No more heartache. Heaven's a wonderful place. It's just a wonderful place. Then last but not least, I see a word of confidence. Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Job had the same confidence. Though he slayed me, I'll trust him. Folks, the essence of security and confidence. Listen now. In this life and the life to come is to put all your life in God's hand. Amen. I'll amen myself this morning. I feel like it. Folks, we have a blessed privilege of putting our whole life in God's hand. And I want to tell you something. The height of pride is you think you can live this life on your own. You think you can raise children on your own. You think, hey, you think you can uh, be the mate or the spouse that you ought to be on your own. Folks, it's only by the grace of God you're still married. Come on. That's why we have these couples retreats. We want to stay married. But we want to enjoy it while we're at it. Say amen. And I'll tell you what, I love my wife. She is so such a blessing to me. She's always there. But folks, I want to tell you who's more important to me than her even is that he's always there. He's always with us. He never leaves us or forsakes us. John 10 verse 29 says, no man can pluck you out of his hand. That is security, amen. So if I believe that way, I'd live like I want to. Number one, you don't want to. Number two, you're scared to. Because the heavenly Father will wear you out. Come on. How many of you ever been chastened by the Lord? Raise your hand. Okay, some of you don't even want to admit it. And I want to close by saying this. I believe that this is a restful trust and confidence as our Lord quoted Psalms 31. Or excuse, yeah, Psalms 31. I want you to go back to that real quick and I'll close. My time's just about up. I'm just glad I made it through it. Amen. So thrilled. Did I say I was thrilled to be here? Anyway, Psalms, verse 31. I thought I did, Miss Joanne. Psalms 31, verse 5. You know, some people just talk back to you when, you, when you're preaching, amen? <laughs> That's all right, Amen. Psalms chapter 31. I'll get there in a minute. It's a long book. Look, I want you to see this. This is so beautiful. Now see, this is the uh, psalm that all the Jewish children were taught to quote before they went to bed. Now, my mama wasn't as deep. She just said, now nah, lay me down to sleep. You know that, that prayer, my soul to keep. If I, die, I don't even remember it now. Praise God. It's been a long time since I've been a kid. Amen. But anyway. But look at Psalms 31, please, and I'll close. Y'all been such a good 
listeners. It says, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in in thy righteousness. Bow down thine ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be thou my strong rock for a house of defense to save me. For thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for the name's sake, lead me and guide me. Pull me out of the net that they have laid privately for me, for thou art my strength. And listen to this, verse five. Unto thy hand I commend my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. Now the Lord quoted that, but he added two words and took away some words. And that's his privilege. He said, Father. He said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. I think he wanted to emphasize that you better have a relationship with the Lord if you're going to go to heaven. You better have a relationship with the Lord if you're going to pass through death and go to heaven instead of hell. Folks, Jesus, of course, omitted the last phrase, thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth, because he didn't need to be redeemed. He was the Savior coming to God after providing all that's needed to be redeemed. Aren't you glad? No child should ever fear death. Old grave, where's thy victory? Old grave, hey, listen, it says, old grave, where's thy victory? And folks, the victory is swallowed up in the Lord Jesus Christ. Old grave, where's thy sting? Folks, he took the stinger out of death. Thank God. And folks, we can pass through the valley of the shadow of death. We can let the Lord receive our spirit. And that's exactly what Stephen prayed as he's being martyred. He said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Do you know for certain that you are perfectly safe in Christ? Are you confident that you are secure in his hands? Do you know him personally as your Savior? I want to tell you something. He makes a difference. In life, but yes, in death. Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And the Holy Ghost added this, and he gave up the ghost. He didn't give up. He, surre- he, he commanded death to escort him into the presence of God. He used death to be his passageway to glory. And folks, I want to tell you this, because of that, Because of that, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes that the day of death is better than the day of one's birth. Boy, isn't that something? Can y'all remember when y'all was born? No, y'all probably can't. But I'll tell you what, somebody can. And boy, it was a glad day, wasn't it? See that little ugly thing that looks like you, amen? Oh, this is the most beautiful baby in the world. You were thinking, oh, Lord, I hope he grows out of it. No. And it was a wonderful day and you took that little bundle home with you, saw him grow. But the Bible says because Jesus commended his spirit unto God, the Father, and gave up the ghost willingly, voluntarily, victoriously, vicariously for your sake, the the day of one's death is better than the day of one's birth. Why? Because you're going to heaven you're saved, it's a far better place. How many glad that you're in God's hand? I'll never forget when I was called to preach, 
And uh, I guarantee you, everybody thought it was going to be my cousin because he was an outstanding, outgoing person. I was so shy I didn't speak to my sister. I'm still trying to do that. And they were they, they, they probably thought the flag was hung at half mass and the angels were singing, Are you sure when I surrendered free? It should be Alpha. He's the outgoing, you know, vocal personality person. And you know something? Maybe the choir knew this because at my ordination service, they sang this song. The whole choir got up there and sang it. There is an unseen hand to me that leads me through the ways. I cannot see while going through this world of woe, this hand still leads wherever I go. I'm holding to the unseen hand that guides me through the, this dreary land. And some sweet day, I'll reach that strand still holding to the unseen hand. And folks, I want to tell you something. It says, I long to see my Savior's face and sing the story saved by grace. And there upon that golden strand, I'll praise him for his guiding hand. I'm holding to the unseen hand that guides me through the dreary land. But I want to add a little to that song. He's holding your hand. Because see, you might could let go. But the Bible says, no man can pluck you out of his hand. Amen? You're in his hand. He's holding your hand. And I want to tell you this, friend, you can't lose it. When a little grandmother was uh, listening to a preacher, says, yeah, you can lose it. Uh, you know, you can lose it because you're one of the fingers. Or excuse me, you can lose it because you can pluck yourself out of God's hand. And she went up and rebuked that preacher and said, listen, not if you're one of the fingers. You're part of his body, amen? Thank God we're saved, saved, saved. And I want to say this, friend, it's not saved to live like you want to. It's saved to commend your spirit every day, day in, day out to the Lord. Are you in his hands? You better be when you die, but it's just as important every day you live be in his hands. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the privilege. I've said that too much, but I'm just so glad to be here. <clears throat> I didn't think I was going to be here. And God, I thank you for the strength to preach. I'm going to thank you for the strength to preach the funeral my dear friend, Brother Allen, at 2 o'clock. Thank you for a loving church. I don't know what we'd do without a loving church, a caring church. Take care of us when we have heartaches. and Take care of us when we're broken. Take care of us when we don't know where to turn. What a wonderful privilege it is to be a part of a local church. But dear God, more important than that, what church is all about, I'm glad I'm in your hands. Oh, God, I'm so glad that I can't fall out of your hands. God, that you won't turn your hand against me or your face, but that you love me no matter what, and you help me no matter what. And God, even through death's portal, you'll be with me, and I'll be in your hands because you promised thou art with me. And so, Lord, we thank you for life, we even thank you for death of being in your hands, the abundant life, the divine control, God, the security 
of being in your hands. With every head bowed and every eye closed just for a moment of invitation, I'm not going to come to you and embarrass you. I'd be afraid to this morning. But how many say, preacher, I know for a fact, 100% sure, that when it comes down to my last breath, <clears throat> I'll be in God's hand. When, it takes that, when I take that last breath, whether I'm with a bunch of people or all by myself, I know God will be with me. And that's such a comfort to know that nobody dies by themselves when they're saved. God's with them. God's hand escorts them into the heaven. But you'd say, preacher, I know with all my heart that if I died today and took my last breath, I know that I'd be in heaven. Would you slip your hand up as a happy testimony of that? Nobody's looking around. Now, this is private. You know for sure now. God bless you. I'm glad you say, say amen. I will bring praise to your heart. Several cannot raise your hand. I don't mean to do that to embarrass you. We don't do that here. But I want you to find out and know for sure where you're at. Sometimes through a Holy Ghost invitation, the Holy Spirit puts you at the fork of the road and you realize where you're at to do something about it. But you say, preacher, I could not raise my hand that I'm saved. And I'm not sure I have a personal relationship with the Father in heaven through Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. If I died, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. I want you to pray for me. Would you slip your hand up real high for prayer and then back down if you're not saved, but you'd like to be. Anyone? Don't let pride send you to hell. Don't let pride keep you from missing the abundant life. I guarantee you, everybody in here will testify the only time that I was miserable was when I got out of God's or left God's presence and backslid as a Christian. It's the only time I've been miserable. I've never been miserable in the perfect will of God. Anyone else? Hammy said, Preacher, I'm saved, but I got several loved ones and relatives and workmates that are not saved. And I want to be a testimony to them. I want them to know that I'm in God's hands and that He's never left me or forsaken me. Even though I've left Him, but he had never, He's never left me. And I know that I need to be a testimony to them. And I want you to pray with me for them. Would you slip your hand up high for prayer for them all over this place? God bless you. God bless you. Yes. Father, thank you for your presence. It's been a sweet service. It's been a helpful service. It's been a convicting service. Thank you, dear God, for every song that's sung. And thank you, God, for the prayers that's offered. But God, thank you for your infallible word. And just the phrase, Father, into thy hands, I commend my spirit. And thus, he gave up the ghost. Has comfort our hearts about eternity. God, thank you that you took the sin debt, paid it all at Calvary, that we could have that relationship. So, Lord, we thank you that we're in your hands. God, may we rejoice in our Redeemer and rejoice in your presence this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.